For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Tashoma. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we're covering data analysis of waitlist acceptance rates at selective colleges and President Eisgruber's State of the University letter. It's Friday, February 4th. Recently, the Prince published its first data piece of the semester analyzing waitlist acceptance rates for Princeton and seven other selective colleges. To learn more, I sat down with head data editor, Sam Kagan. Uh, can you introduce yourself with your name, class year, and concentration? Yeah, my name is Sam Kagan. I'm a member of the class of 2024. I'm a Near Eastern Studies major, and I'm the head data editor at The Daily Princetonian. Great. So with your piece, what were some of the major trends in waitlist acceptance rates across these schools? What we found is that there weren't really any distinct trends. The, the finding of the piece is really that waitlist acceptance rates are vary quite a bit. They jump up and down. The, the lead of the piece says that in 2017, Princeton accepted 101 undergrads from the waitlist, and then in 2018, that number was zero. And that was pretty par for the course across every school that we looked at. So how does Princeton's waitlist differ from other schools? It doesn't, really. I spoke with Jeffrey Durso Finley, who's the co-director of college counseling at the Lawrenceville School. He was also an admissions officer at Brown, and he told me that the way that Princeton runs their waitlist is pretty similar to most other highly selective colleges. Um, how do waitlist admissions differ from overall admissions? Yeah, so where overall admissions have pretty steadily gotten more competitive in, in you know, the last couple decades. In, in the early 2000s, about 12% of students who applied to Princeton got in, and that number's close to like 3 to 5% now. Waitlist admissions, like I said before, haven't really had a trend like that. They've gone up and down, lacking any serious consistency, whereas overall acceptance rates have just continued to trend down uh, at, at these highly selective schools, including Princeton. Um, so you're the head data editor. What was your process of gathering the data? All of our data came from the Common Data Set, which is a collaborative data sharing effort among a bunch of institutions of higher education. All these schools fill out this big survey that lists all kinds of information that they wouldn't stick in a press release, but that's really good for transparency and, and archival purposes. Uh, and so the process of collecting the data involved going and looking at Princeton's old Common Data Sets and logging that into a spreadsheet and then manipulating those numbers in the spreadsheet. Okay, great. Thank you for talking with us. Thank you so much. I'm a big Daybreak fan. You can read the piece and view the graphics at dailyprincetonian.com. Yesterday morning, members of the Princeton community received the annual State of the University letter from University President Christopher Eisgruber. The letter outlines accomplishments and goals surrounding a myriad of university issues, including the COVID-19 pandemic, class sizes, expanding campus, the Venture Forward campaign, the inaugural Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Report, and the endowment. Highlighted in the letter is the university's new Lake Campus development near Lake Carnegie. The development will accommodate new athletic facilities, encompass an area almost half the size of the existing academic and residential core of the campus, and house more than 600 graduate students and postdoctoral researchers. Additionally, throughout the letter, President Eisgruber references the accomplishments of five Princeton-affiliated 2021 Nobel Prize laureates that we covered back in October, underscoring their diverse backgrounds as a reflection of the educational mission of the university. To find out more about the state of the university, read the letter linked in the description. And in national and international headlines, yesterday morning, U.S. President Joe Biden announced that an overnight raid by United States Special Forces in Syria resulted in the death of the leader of ISIS. According to Biden's administrative officials, as U.S. forces closed in, a suicide bomb was detonated. 
The resulting explosion caused multiple civilian casualties, including children. No U.S. forces were harmed. Today, expect more rain and turbulent temperatures with a morning high of 55 degrees, followed by lower temperatures in the 30s later on in the day. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by me, sound engineered by Carrie Liang, and produced under the 146th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, Class of 2022. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Tishoma. Have a wonderful day.